0: So the first player I want to talk about today is someone who it seems the stars may had aligned for during the 2020 season. And that started with the re- release of two running backs that were in front of him. And I'm talking about none other than Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson came into last year, drafted out of the university of Memphis playing wide receiver, but made the switch to running back after Uh, going to Washington football team, Washington later released Darius Geis after his ordeals in the public eye, and they decided to move on from Adrian Peterson to make way for Antonio Gibson. Now, some of the problems may have seemed that Gibson was going to have two veterans in front of him and Peyton Barber and JD McKissick scaring people away. Understandably. So, But both of those running backs spent most of their time as pass catching specialists and Antonio Gibson being a receiver, well, seems like he could be that role. Unfortunately, he didn't get to settle down into the third down work. Uh, Usually that's the case with rookies because of how important these third downs can be. You need to have a handle on things like run blocking and uh, pass catching wasn't something they were worried about. But he topped 94 yards in only two games last year. Both, 94 rush yards. Both of those came against the very, very terrible Dallas Cowboys run defense. There still was a lack of production in the run game. Um, you did see him only get. T- uh, He got five games under 10 touches, and we should see an increase in his touches per game as well as more consistency. And why I expect that is because Mr. Ryan Fitzpatrick has decided to come into Washington and bring along some of his deep ball. Last year, Washington had no quarterback. You had Alex Smith and Taylor Heineke out there, two guys that were not going to drive the ball downfield and two guys that opposing defenses were not worried about. Now you bring in a quarterback who can certainly take the top off the defense and give Antonio Gibson a little more support. Last year, he had 170 attempts with 795 yards and 11 touchdowns on the ground. The 11 touchdowns is where I see that we could have problems with Antonio Gibson. I think he's going to come down in that category, but where we're going to see him come down in the touchdowns We're going to see his production increase on the field, whether that be the passing game or the running game. Ron Rivera has already come out and said that he wants to give Antonio Gibson a Christian McCaffrey-type role. And for that reason, I'm all in. There's a few guys that I'm really willing to take ahead of him in the second round, which is where he's going right now. But this is a guy who slots in uh, for me, like an Austin Eckler-type, who is going to surely surely make the leap in his second year.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree with him. And he's been, you know, trending up pretty much this entire draft season here. And if you really do look at how he took on this role towards the back half of the season when he kind of finally got the reins, then you you can just see that the talent was there. Like the guy's six six three, I believe. He's a big dude here and has really developed into a runner, six two two that is, at 23 years old. And I think, honestly, that that Cowboys game, as you talked about, where he had the three rushing touchdowns on Thanksgiving, was really his springboard for how you kind of can see this guy take off in year two. So I'm right there with you uh, in terms of him. He just has to get a lot more carries, you know. You're going to have to see that number go up into the 230, 240 range for him to really shine and be a top 10 back and really kind of uh, realize his potential. But
0: he definitely has the talent to do it. Without a doubt, he does. And something else to remember when we're talking about him is, you know, I brought up the passing game and the lack of consistency in it last year. Um. Mainly, you were seeing a lot of those screen passes and passes out of the backfield to those guys like J.D. McKissick, and that's partially because it was Alex Smith. They wanted him to get rid of the ball quick. They didn't even want him playing football. But to bring Mm -hmm. this back around, Washington's defense, let's remember how stacked this team is on the defensive side of the ball. That is another great piece in the Antonio Gibson puzzle because that's only going to keep them in games, It keep them in games more and allow Washington to run the ball and not constantly be playing from behind. Um, I mentioned, you know, he's going in around the second round. Uh, I'll just bring up these two other names because it seems like they're the ones you probably would have to make the choice between. And, uh, Mm -hmm. it's Najee Harris and Austin Eckler. Um, Austin Eckler, we previously talked about, and I kind of view these guys as both the same. I think they are going to be heavily involved in the passing game. And I think that Najee, as much as you want to love this guy and you want him on your team, are you really going to draft a rookie that high on a Pittsburgh team where we weren't really impressed last year? Um, except for the fact that they had the Owen th- th- 13-0 start.
1: I mean, if I'm thinking between those three, Eckler and Najee Harris and Gibson, I might take I mean, Najee and first-round running backs. You know, they're they they pretty much have a pretty good success rate here when they come into the league. So I'm not too worried about Najee Harris uh, just in general, but I do like to see a guy that has already done it in the NFL, um, even though it was only for half a season, essentially. But I've seen some of his experience, and I, I don't think you can go wrong with uh, either of those two.
0: I don't I don't think you could either. I believe all of them feel safe for the most part, and it just really is going to come down to your format and the way you're building your team. Um, just to highlight Najee Harris real quick, I think his workload is probably one of the more secure ones in that range. Uh, just based on how Mike Tomlin has run in the past, you know that Najee's going to get to work. It's just, is he going to be reliable and put up the type of points week to week that you want to see? Remember, this is an offense where Big Ben threw it for over 600 times last year. But they are going to try to limit that, you know? don't you think? You would hope, but... We've talked about this offensive line many, many times throughout this offseason, and that's the one thing that gives me pause with uh, a lot of the Pittsburgh players, to be honest.
1: Okay, that's fair. Um, are you worried, back to Antonio Gibson, are you worried about J.D. McKissick?
0: No. I No, not at no. all? So we've just witnessed preseason week one. We're recording these uh, during the preseason, and Antonio Gibson did not get the work we wanted to see on third down. We were really hoping for that. I do not view that as a problem for him going into the regular season. I view that more as trying to get McKissick and Barber work in the preseason to see if either of these guys are expendable or if they've got to keep them around. Yeah. McKissick had
1: a 10 catch game last year. He was very, there was a stretch in the season where he was a good RB or RB two flex play for you when uh, Gibson hadn't come on yet. So, I'm not worried about it, but I do, if I had Antonio Gibson, I would target uh, J.D. McKissick as a nice little handcuff because rumor has it out of Washington camp is that he has put on a couple pounds looking to kind of maintain that three-down roll if if needed. And so I would definitely try to take him, and you're not paying that much to get him as a handcuff.
0: No, and – You know, if that's something that you want to go into the draft planning on and grabbing that handcuff, I I don't think there's any problem with it based on where you're going to grab McKissick. But for me, that also is going to be in half and full point PPR settings. I do not want to take a chance on McKissick and rely on him hopefully getting a 10-catch game, but he only got 29 yards. Very true.
1: We talk about tight ends, and we really only talk about kind of the first couple tiers, and then it's everyone else. So today we're going to talk about everybody else. And one of those guys where you're trying to wait on a tight end, if you don't get some of those top three or four guys, one of those guys I want to talk about, though, is Irv Smith. Mm Jr. Going into year three, 365 yards. 31 catches and five touchdowns last year. 12 yards per catch, not bad. Finished as tight end 22, but he only scored in three games. You know, and he only saw five or more targets three times. But in those in those games, again, that he had five or more targets. You know, he averaged 12 PPR points per game, and there were four games where Kyle Rudolph wasn't there, and uh, that's when Irv Smith. You would expect him to step up, and you know, to his credit, he did. He was a tight end four in those four games where Kyle Rudolph missed time. So now Rudolph is in East Rutherford. Irv Smith is the number one, assuming, right? We can hope. And uh, everything's going to be great with this Minnesota Vikings offense, right? I don't think so. Honestly, Kyle Rudolph only saw 37 targets last year, so it's not an insane amount of vacated targets out there. Um, I know Adam Thielen is a little bit older, and so you can probably say that Irv Smith is going to step into that, possibly that number two guy. But again, I'm just a little worried. Um, They played two tight end sets, the second most in football last year, and they played three tight end sets, the most in the NFL last year. So he's going to see a lot of snaps. He's going to be on the field pretty much every play. But they have a bad offensive line. They need guys to block. And that is partially why they were in such heavy you know, 12, 13 personnel here. So I'm not exactly sure if Irv Smith is going to step into that receiving receiving role and really get down the field just because they need to protect the ball and they need to run, run the ball or protect Kirk Cousins and run the ball with Dalvin Cook. You know, to try to set up big plays to Jeff- Justin Jefferson. And Irv Smith might be in as a blocker a lot more than we necessarily, you know, expect.
0: Yeah. The Vikings offense is one of those teams that I feel like when I look at their players, I want to look at the offense almost as if it's the Titans run heavy offense. Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry. They're not mirror images of one another, but these offenses kind of stick to the same manual if you will mm-hmm. there's something about the titans where i feel more comfortable drafting a ryan Tannehill pass catcher than a kurt cousins one but we're also talking more about the tight end position and mm-hmm. I, with adam Thielen and justin jefferson it's very difficult to justify bringing irv smith in you brought up the multiple tight end sets not even two tight ends but three tight ends it's a bad offensive line, and it's a team that wants to run the ball. You're mm-hmm. talking about a guy who is going to fall third in targets in this offense, and that's if he can just be the guy behind Thielen and Jefferson. So I I think you're absolutely right to be somewhat worried and hesitant about uh, Irv Smith, the man. And that's an
1: if because Mike Zimmer earlier in this offseason has hyped up Tyler Conklin as a potentially having a starting Having a larger role on offense, um, Tyler Conklin coming into his third year, I believe it could be a second or third year here in uh, in this in this team in this offense, and they think that he can really take that huge leap forward. And so, I think he's already going to have competition in his own tight end room, not notwithstanding you know, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook catching the ball out of the backfield as well and such. So. I'm I'm right there with you. I, I am concerned. I am concerned. And I think we'll just have to see what happens and how the targets are distributed within the first uh few few weeks of the season. Because hey, if he is a starting tight end and you're gonna need some fill ins, then he might be a guy that you that you look for, but I don't think he's he's gonna be on a lot of my rosters this uh this season.
0: Erv Smith right now, you're getting him in about the 13th 14th round of drafts so you're not wasting a whole ton of capital to get him you're gonna probably be seeing defenses and maybe a kicker or two coming off the board at that point depending on you know your league formats and things like that so the risk isn't really there with irv smith but a lot of people like to try and take those chances on rookies and high upside guys you know maybe a will fuller in there Zach Ertz is another guy who's going around there. And then, yeah, even, you know, the skill position players really aren't all that much to talk about. But one guy that is going right after him is Marvin Jones. And I would feel way more comfortable taking the potential number one wide receiver in the Jacksonville offense to I'd be more comfortable taking him over Irv Smith right now.